Hi, this is Terry Gilson from Food Meanderings, and you are listening to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. Food bloggers, hey, welcome to Eat Blog Talk, the podcast for food bloggers looking for the value and the confidence that will move your businesses forward. I am your host, Megan Porta, and you are listening to episode 257 with Terry Gilson. Terry is with me today. She is going to teach us why entering recipe competitions and contests makes you a better recipe developer and a better recipe writer and how this whole process works. Terry has been a food blogger for five and a half years at Food Meanderings, a food blog focusing on healthy recipes, baked goods, enjoyed in moderation. She enjoys blogging part-time and works in healthcare full-time. Terry and her husband have been together for 33 years, and together they have a son, 16, and a daughter, 14. Terry started entering recipe competitions back in 2010, and she won several contests. She desired to share those recipes and other favorites, so that is how she began the blog in 2016. While her blog started off as a hobby, it has grown into a nice side business today. Terry, I love your story. I love how you started blogging, and I'm super excited to chat about all of this today. But first, why don't you give us your fun fact? Thanks, Megan. I'm really happy to be here. As you know, I'm a big fan of your podcast. I listen to it regularly and always walk away with a little nugget of information and or inspiration with every episode. Oh, I love it. So, (laughs) yeah, I guess my fun fact is I have a food bucket list, which I'm sure many foodies and food bloggers do. But um, this one's not just things I want to eat. It's things I want to do with food. So um, could involve anything like digging for clams and eating them, Arctic char fishing, uh, going to Paris and eating some kind of pastry from a bakery. And one of the things on my bucket list was building a giant gingerbread house from scratch. And I did that back in, I think, 2013. You could actually see it on my blog, and I put it on my About Me page because it's just a fun thing, right? Oh, my um, gosh. How, okay, I'm going to go look now, but how big is it? Yeah. How big was it? Um, it's about, well, it's, it's we called it the gingerbread condo. So it's like row houses, and it's three, three like uh, skinny tall houses. It's probably like two feet by two feet. So it's, it's substantial. When you look on, you search large giant gingerbread house, it's probably one of the bigger ones you'll find online. Wow, it is huge. (laughs) I'm looking at it right now. (laughs) Yeah, so I did that four days over a long weekend with my kids who were five and seven at the time. And I was inspired to do that because I, I was at the Banff Springs Hotel. Um, if I don't know if you're familiar, I've with that been hotel. there. It's one of my yes. favorite places. Honestly, I I can say I this. It's like my favorite place ever. Yeah, it's wonderful. Well, I live like an hour <gasps> from it, so you do not. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm coming to visit you. I am not <laughs> even joking. Yeah, so I saw at the Banff Springs Hotel a few years prior to that they had done a replica of the hotel in gingerbread. I was like, oh my god. I'm going to do that someday. I'm going to make a giant gingerbread house. So I did. But I didn't do it like all at once, obviously, right? Like I started small at 20 years before that I'd done a kit. It was a disaster. So I started, you know, with, um, you know, my own design. 
and uh, made it quite small, made two mini ones for the kids, their birdhouses, they're in one of the posts. You can look at that too. <laughs> um, and then I, yeah, worked my way up. It's baby steps, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so many nuggets there that I love. This house is amazing. You guys should go check it out. It's so impressive. How did you keep your kids' <laughs> hands off of that? That's the only thing I kept thinking oh. was that I would have to keep slapping my boy's hands if that were me. <laughs> You know, um, they were actually really good. They were pretty proud of it and they were involved in the whole process. They actually shingled the roof with shreddies and, you know, they helped lay the, um, the actual pathways and help with the lamps and, um, gingerbread houses are actually a lot more sturdy than you would ever know. Like we, like we broke pieces. I burned pieces. I put things on upside down, had to rip it apart. I had to rip the roof off after I put the, like forgot to put the lights in. So they're pretty, they're pretty robust. (laughs) That's so funny. It sounds like you're talking about your own house. Like just like a standard, yeah, I had to rip the roof off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was like that. Oh, I love this fun fact. And I learned that you live close to the Banff Springs Hotel. Oh my gosh. I have been, I've been wanting to go back there. I was there a long time ago. I went on a ski vacation with a few friends and we just happened to, well, we saw it, of course, because we were in Banff and we're like, well, we have to go visit that place. So we went there and it was one of the most magical experiences I've ever had in my life. Like, you know, those experiences that are just ingrained in your mind, like the smells, the sounds, like that sort of thing. That was what I experienced at that hotel. And so ever since then, I've been telling my husband, we have to go back. So we're on a mission to do that in the next couple of years. So I'm, I'll That's let you know great. when we're there. I love that place. You should. You should. It's beautiful. Yeah, I live in Calgary. So we're, you know, an hour, an hour and a half outside. Uh, it takes about an hour to an hour and a half to get there. It's it's great. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I have to get my brain out of that because I always get all dreamy when I think about it. So mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that. Love that fun yeah. fact. And I also love how you started your blog. You were entering recipe competitions and contests. And that's kind of how you started to get into this world. Yeah. So how do you think this has helped you? And I love just the idea of like pushing your limits as a content creator, as a recipe developer. So why don't you just start talking to us about that? Sure. Yeah. When I when I started entering um, recipe competitions, um, I realized quite quickly that you have to think outside the box. So you you need to make something that's quite original, but it also has to be something that's still attractive to the masses because you know, often it's a brand that would be sponsoring this type of contest, like a recipe contest. Um, And so they want something that people are actually going to want to make and use their product to make. Um, So you, you really do have to think about um, being unique, yet um, appealing to everyone, something that home cooks as well as judges would like. And you often have ingredient limitations. So you have, sometimes you can only use 10 ingredients. Sometimes you can only use five. You have to work with a specific ingredient or specific product, and you really have to make it stand out as well. 
It's such a balance, right? I mean, you have to like please both of those sides. So you need to find something that people want, but you have to be unique. So how do you find that balance? Um, I think that you, you look at trends. Trends are really important. Um, There are like, I think back to when I was entering contests and salted caramel was winning everything, right? Like it was a trend that I thought was going to be around forever because it was entering, like it was winning everything. Um, And people kept on entering it. So I think you just, you, you have to really also learn about flavor combinations and work with flavor combinations and practice. I think practice is really important. That's how you um, get to know what is going to be, um, I guess, what's going to be really um, popular with the judges. And you can see that also by looking at past contests. I would say, well, who, who won this, this last year, if it was a contest that is an annual contest or what's winning other contests. So I think that really helped and tasting, <laughs> lots of tasting and getting your little, I had little uh, recipe testers, uh, my kids and also my husband and family and friends. I would bring it to work and say, how does this taste? And you, and I'd actually put a piece of paper down at work on the lunch table, drop a recipe there and say, please give me feedback I want hard, like, I want real feedback. I don't want, oh, it tastes great, yummy. I want, <laughs> like, and I got good feedback because it was anonymous. Oh, I love that. That's such a great tip, making it anonymous, because people are worried they're going to hurt your feelings, or are they actually going to tell you how to change it, yeah. right? So making it anonymous, like, takes that issue away. It did. It was great. It was a good way to do it. I'd recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> So how, uh, two questions from there, how much to test, I guess would be my first one. Like, did you do it once, twice, multiple times? That's a really good question because (laughs) entering recipe contests also helped me to learn to set my own limits. Um, You know, you can't be making something five times, which uh, I have to admit I've done. And I wasted ingredients. I wasted time. And it didn't work out. Like I just thought, okay, this is ridiculous. I need to set a rule. It's called uh, my rule. I called it third times the charm rule. If it wasn't solid by the second time and perfect by the third, I was done with it. I abandoned the idea and I moved on because it, you could go on forever, right? Yeah, It's true. You can, (laughs) I think we've all been there. We're like, at what point should I throw in the towel? (laughs) Yeah, and and that was what I did. Uh, even recently, I was working on a recipe for a brand, and I two times I couldn't. I was like, by the third time, it won't be right. So I'm I'm done. I abandoned it, and it it was kind of sad because I was running out of time. I was going on vacation, but I thought I can't do this. I have to follow my own rules at least, right? If I follow any rules, I've got to follow my own. Exactly. So set the rules, set your boundaries, and then actually follow them. But I like three, like tops three times and then move, either move on or dig in. And also, where do you find these competitions? Where were you looking or did they just kind of come to you? Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> it's kind of funny because my very first competition, I found it on a food blog. 
And oh. it was just, yeah, it was just a fun little one. I think the prize was like maybe a $15 Starbucks gift card. Like I didn't know anything about recipe contesting. Like I didn't know at the time it was a huge thriving community where there were actually like million dollar prizes. And I will get to that at some point, but yeah, like it's, it's a big community. There are people out there contesters, right? But when I first started, I just started searching the internet and um, I, I saw contests on Facebook. I, um, cause Facebook had been around like if, you know, five years, four or five years at that point. Um, and then there was uh, a couple of websites. One I just checked last night, they don't exist anymore. So I'm not gonna mention them. But the best source I found was called Cooking Contest Central. And you actually pay a membership fee. I think it's $25 a year. She may have raised it, but she has everything. It's an excellent website. Um, and if you really want to get into contesting, I highly recommend that you join. Um, I just, I found it really, really helpful because she sends out new uh, contests in a newsletter regularly. She had, had run her own contests once in a while. Um, and everything's there, right? It tells you like all the eligibility, it tells you everything you need to know about the contest. And um, it's divided into categories like deadline contests, voting contests, contests that um, are worldwide. It, it's just an excellent website. Interesting, I have not ever heard of that. And I guess I'm just trying to brainstorm in the past when I have come upon contests, which I have, how they've come to me. And I really don't know. I think maybe just landing on yeah. them by accident or maybe a food blogger recommends something. I know I've entered a handful, like less than five in my blogging career, but that is a really interesting mm -hmm. thing to ponder, like how you find those. Are there any other ways? So Facebook, food blogs, and then this cooking contest central, any other way? Yeah. And then... Uh, yes, I think that big brands act actually put them on. So um, Philadelphia, um, cream cheese, uh, they put on a big one. Um, and I'm trying to think who else like, uh, yeah, I, a lot of brand websites, but they often do let you know about them. Like I follow a lot of them on Facebook. So I see them there. They also advertise them on Facebook. Facebook is where I've probably seen, have seen the most come across. Are there specific groups or places on Facebook where you see them? No, actually I, they, I, they just come up and I, I'm also a member of um, food bloggers of Canada and if there were contests they would often let you know about contests too if they were Canadian specifically because um, that's another thing I was going to mention most of the contests are for U.S. citizens and when I started contesting I found that um, they were open to a lot more like a lot more I mean were open to Canadians than they are now and I think it has something to do with taxes so there aren't as many open to Canadians and they're predominantly American there are some worldwide ones but yeah and that's why I kind of stopped doing a lot of it there's other reasons too but that was one of the big reasons another reason I guess I would say was a lot of them were becoming more so voting contests, which I found had 
some of them had a bigger focus on popularity than actually making the recipe, judging it and giving a prize based on merit. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of voting contests where voting is only like it's a small weighting compared to everything else. Like it might only be 10% of the actual uh, judging. But uh, quite a few of the contests, there was a big focus on voting. And I I did a couple of voting contests in the beginning and I wasn't a fan. I found that I had to go and, you know, bug all my family and friends vote for me for like most of them had never tried the recipe, right? (laughs) Because they don't live where I live. But, um, you know, it was fine if it was at work and I dropped it off as a taste test. But, you know, when nobody's tried the recipe and you're like, vote for me, vote for me, vote for me. It's just, it gets a little bit um, annoying to, to people. So, (laughs) Yeah, I know. And you feel like you kind of get to your quota of asking people for that sort of thing. And you're like, Oh, I just did that last week. And everyone spent a few minutes of their time. So you feel bad asking a second and third time. And then I could totally understand where you're coming from with that. So we've kind of talked about where people can find these. Um, Now, what do you think this can do for a food bloggers business? What are the good points of getting into contesting Um, well for me I felt like it it gave me credibility like I'm I'm not a chef I'm not a dietitian I'm not a nutritionist I'm I I felt that I could at least say that uh, you know I don't even have a niche right (laughs) I'm I basically I I do what I want I do mostly healthy recipes but um I'm not specifically, uh, oh, like I just do Weight Watchers or I just do baking, like a lot of blogs out there. So I can say that, look, I create really good recipes as proven by the fact that I've won like 25, 30 competitions. And I think that when um, you're looking out there in the vast expansion of the internet, (laughs) there's a lot of recipes and a lot of recipe sites. And you you want to stand out, especially when you're first getting started. Like I know when I'm looking for recipes, I go to trusted sites. But what does trusted sites mean, right? Well, it's a lot of it's subconscious. I look at reviews. I look at a number of factors, like including popularity. Um, but what makes me trust somebody and their site that they're going to produce good recipes, especially when they're first starting out? So I felt that it gave me credibility. Um, and I was also able to say to brands, like, look, I, I created a winning recipe. I can create a winning recipe for you. And they, I could give them examples of what I created and what won. And so I think that worked to my advantage. And I think that if you, if you want to, um, if you're starting out, it, it doesn't hurt, right? It gives you good practice as well. It gives you great practice and brands also want trending recipes. They, they want things that are trendy. Um, I did something for a brand not that long ago and they were so happy that uh, the recipe that I, the concept I proposed and then created just as my recipe was being published, the same, like a big, another big brand was putting it out in stores like it was a new trend. And so like, they love that kind of stuff. 
Mm. So this helps you to stay on top of the trends, would you say? Oh, I definitely think so. Yeah, it helps you to stay on top of the trends. Um, and you also really learn to build a recipe around a specific ingredient, right? Be- and that's what you're doing when you're working with brands. So if, if, if your goal is to work with brands, it's a good idea um, to do recipe contests because it's very, very similar. Um, you're not being like specifically judged, but you do have to like, I've had to submit concepts to brands when I'm, you know, before or after I sign the contract, but they, they want to make sure that, or it's usually the PR company I'm dealing with, right? But they want to make sure that um, the brand likes the recipe and it, you know, it fits within what, like their own branding. Yeah, that makes sense. I see this as such a benefit. Like you said, if you are looking to do sponsored work, this can only benefit you and not necessarily going into it looking to be the winner. I mean, that would be like icing on the cake, but almost looking for the no and just seeing seeing it as an opportunity to expand your knowledge and to grow and to get better at recipe developing And like you mentioned too, building a recipe around an ingredient, which is not easy, by the way. It's hard to do that. So building up that muscle. It is very challenging. Yeah. And also it helps you. You you really have to learn how to sell your recipe too, right? Um, Like when I first started, I didn't have enough page views to get brand work on my own. And Food Bloggers of Canada would get these contracts and they would um, give members like myself the opportunity to propose a recipe concept. And then they would show it to the brand. The brand would decide. And I think it helped me get some of that, you know, early brand work. Because um, I had done a lot of recipe contests. And I had really learned how to sell it. Because you have to have a good description. You have to have a clever name. They love clever names. Okay, talk about that. So what would you use as as an example? Let me think. I think the one I would probably use as an example was um, a few years ago, I became a a finalist in the MasterChef Taste, uh, no, MasterChef at Home Contest Canada. And it was for the Little Potato Company. um, And I did a potato ice cream. And I don't know if you know, but like their little potatoes are called creamers. So I called the recipe cookies and creamers ice cream because it was a cookie and cream ice cream. Right. And they really like that. They like the name. Unfortunately, I didn't win the $10,000 prize. Because, uh, it, that's another thing you have to think about, you know, timeliness. Like it was just it was fall going into the holiday season. I knew they were going to be um, presenting the winner on the holiday show, I think it was Marilyn Dennis. Um, and I did ice cream. So probably not the best choice <laughs> for winter holiday stuff, right? <laughs> but it was the best idea I had at the time. And I think it's important that you just, like if you can enter more than one recipe, do it. Like read the rules carefully. That is the advice I would give anyone. There's so much information in the rules. Like you can win a contest just reading the rules because a lot of people get disqualified because 
they yeah they don't even read the rules they don't enter correctly if you get like if you read the rules and do everything you're supposed to do you've got like a very good chance of winning just by doing that you're already ahead of a certain percentage if you just read the rules that's a really good point too i never thought of but yeah, just reading the rules. It's super simple. And you mentioned that there was $10,000 at stake for the one yeah. contest. That is an awesome byproduct of winning if you do happen to win money. <laughs> so that would be a selling point. Okay, real quick, Terry, I'm just going to pause here for a little break. So we will be back in a minute. Hey, food bloggers. Do you ever get caught up in the confusion about how in the world you are going to make money? Take the free quiz I've put together for you that is going to help you get to the bottom of this problem. Go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash quiz to find out which stream of revenue is the next perfect one for you. Your results will be personalized based on your answers and they will provide you with action steps and resources that will help you launch into monetizing your blogging business in a new way. There are truly so many ways to make money as a food blogger, so don't waste another second. Again, go to eblogtalk.com forward slash quiz and get started on your next revenue stream today. Hey, it's me again. I am just hopping on here now to talk a little bit about the awesomeness of the Eat Blog Talk Mastermind program. Some of you are in it and loving it and getting so much value from it. And for those of you who are not yet in it, I wanted to give you just a really quick testimonial from one of our members. Melissa Erdelak from Mama Gourmand is part of the Mastermind program, and here's what she has to say about it. Quote, Eat Blog Talks Masterminds are a total game changer. Where I used to be stuck trying to figure this all out alone, it creates an instant community of support. The best part is you keep growing. It doesn't matter what level you are at. A fresh perspective and team problem solving kept my trajectory strong. I cannot recommend them enough. End quote. If you would like to join the waitlist to be in the mastermind program, go to eatblogtalk.com for more information. Okay, Terry, we're back from the break and we were talking before the break about prize money and other prizes being a perk for entering these contests. So you can continue talking about that. You know, you can win a lot of different things. Like I've won just for entering a contest. They drew names and I won like a professional stand mixer a KitchenAid stand mixer Whoa. just for entering. And Whoa, I, that's yeah, great. Like I've won, I mean, a lot of smaller prizes, like $500 gift cards and um, grocery cards. I'm trying to think what else. Oh, I, uh, I won, um, oh, a digital SLR camera, which is pretty nice. Yeah. I still shoot with it. What? <laughs> wow. Yeah, I won a, a, yeah, Wolfgang puck pressure oven, prohibitively expensive cookware, aprons, cash, lots of kitchen stuff. Like what food blogger doesn't want that, right? Uh, yeah, that's all yeah. great stuff. And like you mentioned earlier, Terry, you're getting credibility. You can use that line that I created a winning recipe or multiple winning recipes yes. on at this place. So that means that I am more qualified to create a winning recipe for you, Brand X. So there are so many 
bonuses here. I can see good reasons why you should do it. And you talked about coming up with a clever title or a name for your recipe, mm-hmm. but what are some other aspects of the actual recipe that we should keep in mind? What makes a really like winning recipe? Mm. Um, okay, I would say that the biggest thing that I have learned is old favorites with a twist. Um, I oh, I've I studied so many winning recipes and. The majority of them were an old favorite with a twist. So it's usually a good way to go. It's pretty safe. For instance, pierogi potato salad. That was one of the grand prize winners in a contest. Or no, it was a second prize winner. But it was um, it, it was an old favorite, potato salad, but pierogi, right? Everyone loves pierogi. So it has to be pretty um, well-loved as well. Like, you don't want to... I don't know, probably unless it's, um, uh, I guess, a Brussels sprout contest. You don't want to be making something with Brussels sprouts because it's not a favorite of everyone's. Right. <laughs> Any other components of the recipe, like as you're writing it, things you should keep in mind as you're developing it? Yeah, I think you have to, like, this helped me become a better food blogger as well, is realizing they're going to make this recipe so you want to do all of you follow all those rules like put the ingredients in order of use you want to make your instructions very clear so that anybody could follow this recipe because the majority of contests they do make it and you want it to turn out exactly like it turned out for you delicious so you, you really need to follow those rules. You don't want it too complicated. You don't want ingredients that are hard to find. Like, for instance, I said, you know, trends are important, but, you know, fennel pollen um, may be trendy, but it's not easy to find, <laughs> right? Um, I'm thinking, I'm seeing here, what is one in the past? Yeah, get a good sense of, you know, look at what's one in the past and study that. Um, and, also timeliness like I said uh, summer recipes in the middle of winter probably aren't the best idea right if you're going to enter it as a third entry like every like almost every contest will tell you how many entries are allowed and so you have to like pick and choose if you have time enter as many as you can because the ones that I entered that I didn't think were going to win actually won which was surprising sometimes and increases your chances oh that's a good reminder for us because we all have those recipes that we put on our blogs that take off that we did not expect to take off and we're like what just happened and the other the opposite happens too so I love that you said that yeah yeah I I would definitely agree with that um I've had so many recipes on the blog and I think why is this even popular Uh I don't get it yeah I'm glad it is I know and then I've entered a few contests. Like I remember one, it was a grilled cheese contest and I'm, I love grilled cheese sandwiches. I'm kind of obsessed with them because there's so much room to be creative. So I entered this one contest and there was kind of a theme and I was positive I was going to win. I was like, I've got this. I, I know I nailed this and nothing, but then randomly you enter things and you think, this doesn't stand a chance. And then 
you win. So you just never know, right? That's kind of the message there. Yeah, you don't. I have had asked, I've got emails and said, congratulations, you won this contest. And I've been like, oh, great, which recipe was it? Because I had no idea. And they didn't even realize I'd entered three. So <laughs> yeah. And usually it was in one case, it was one that I like I was not going to enter it. I thought, oh, this is hideous, right? I took a picture of it really quickly and and put it in there. But then I also study, you know, why some win and why some lose of my own. I think that's really important. But as you said, you can, um, you know, you can repurpose them too. And I think this is a good lesson. There was this, this um, one particular contester and I saw her enter this recipe in almost every single contest to the point where I was like, oh, you know, just, you know, let that one go. And she ended up winning a $10,000 contest with it. What? So she never I gave was, up. Yeah, she never gave up. She thought she had confidence that this was a good recipe and it could win something. She just kept on entering. And I thought, well, good for you. <laughs> yeah, that's a good lesson, too. If you are super confident in something you know it's a winner, then keep at it, I guess. Um, can you, yeah. first of all, do you need quality photos for most of these contests? No, um, you don't. Like the better the, you know, I did, I was entering initially with my little uh, point and shoot camera before I got an actual DSLR. So um, I think that just do your best, right? It's, they want presentation They in a lot of the recipes. They will tell you in a lot of the contests um, whether how much visual appeal is, is how it's weighted. And um, the same with presentation. But they realize that most contesters aren't professional photographers, especially food photographers. So just, you know. No, you don't have to. But it did help me hone my skills in that area, too. Like, it helped me get better at presentation and really make an effort to make something visually appealing. This sounds like it really hones a lot of skills. So not just recipe developing and writing, but really everything, like how to sell yourself and how to yeah. present yourself and photography if you consistently take photos there are so many ways that I see this helping a food blogging business. So I I love this topic. It's something we've never <laughs> covered before, and I never even thought to cover it. But when you presented it, I was like, oh, my gosh, yes, we have to talk about this. This is so great. Another question I have is, do you reuse your recipes and put them on your blog even? Like, does anyone have exclusive rights? Is that a thing for contesting? Or do you just do whatever you want with the recipe after you're after you've entered? Oh, it's definitely a thing. So you have to be careful. If you've won a contest, you have to carefully read the affidavit you sign. And, and like, hopefully before you sign it, you've carefully read it like you would a contract, right? And realize, okay, I'm giving away full recipe rights here, or I'm just giving away the right to sell this again. It's mostly the right to sell it again. So I put quite a few of them on my blog. And I do ask permission in some cases, um, if I feel it's if it's warranted, right, uh, to uh, put the recipe on the blog or use it again, I would never try and enter it in another contest again if it was a winner. If it wasn't a winner, I would go back to the rules. I'll give you an example. Um, Taste of Home generally 
has a rule that they own the rights to that recipe, even if you just enter it. But I'll tell you, they're, they've been a pleasure to deal with. Um, a couple of times they've contacted me and said that we would like to use your recipe. And it was one of the ones I entered in a contest. And we want to put it in, you know, this magazine or this publication or whatever. And um, I, you know, I was absolutely happy with that. I was fine with that. And, you know, it gives me um, exposure. And I can say that my recipe was featured in Taste of Home, you know, cookie swap or whatever. And I even said, well, do you mind if I put it on the blog after and use your photo? Because it was better than mine. <laughs> and they were, yeah, they were great with that. Like, I think, you know, they just like to be, you know, to follow the rules and to ask permission if, if you need to. So I think that um, mostly I reworked recipes. So if I was going to enter it in another contest, I would rework it um, and try to make it into something different. Because sometimes I thought, well, it probably didn't win because maybe it's not that great. So I'm going to make it better. And I think that really helps hone your skills as well. Like, how can I make this better? I've even made some better for my blog because I just looked at it and thought, well, you know, this might have been okay for that contest, but it's not going to be that appealing to the masses or to my readers. Mm. That is so interesting. Oh my goodness. I don't see why so many of us aren't doing more of this. This is really intriguing. Do you still do it? Do you still regularly enter? Um, actually, I haven't in a while because there hasn't been anything that I felt was really worth my time. Um, the last one I think I entered was the MasterChef at Home where I came, where I was a finalist. So if there was something big like that that came across, um, then I would consider entering. I'm finding that like because I work full time and I'm getting work now. Um, I don't. I don't have as much time. And when you work with brands, you're guaranteed the money, right? When you are entering contests, you're not guaranteed to win. So I have to weigh that up, right? It makes more sense for me to just do the brand work because, I'll, honestly, it's the creativity part that is very satisfying for me personally. And I think most, probably most food bloggers, and I get that satisfaction from pushing my limits and and using that creative muscle working with brands because it's so similar. So really, I can see this being for anyone, but particularly for maybe a newer-ish blogger who is just thinking about, just starting to think about working with brands this would be a perfect avenue for that person. I think so. I think that that's who um, this would appeal to the most. I, I think it, it's, it is a fun thing to do and you can win quite a bit of money. So as a hobby, it's a really great thing as well. Like I said, there's a big community out there. They, they all know each other because they go to um, cook-offs together. Of course, not over the last couple of years during COVID, but um I would see that in the forums on Cooking Contest Central and in all the photos, like it looked like so much fun. I was so jealous. I wish that I could be there. But I mean, as a Canadian, I wasn't eligible for a lot of those big cook-off contests. But those, like that's a whole nother thing, cook-offs, right? Recipe contests online are one thing and then cook-offs are another. And it's, it's, it looks like so much fun. I, I was 
part of one small community one and it was a lot of fun but uh i would definitely look at doing it's just kind of on my food bucket list <laughs> this is so fun so we've given food bloggers some really good ideas about why they should consider this as an option to just kind of hone their skills um you've given a lot of great information about logistics so how to think through a recipe that's going into a contest, what the judges might be looking for, looking for those creative spins on a traditional favorite. And prizes are up for grabs. Mm -hmm. So if nothing else, if you happen to win, that would be amazing. It sounds like you've won some amazing stuff, Terry. Um, Is there anything we're missing that you think food bloggers should know before we start saying goodbye? Yeah, I think also the opportunities you can that can come out of something like this. Like I got to have a couple of TV appearances. I was flown down to Florida to make my res- recipe on a show. And um, wow, that's amazing! Yeah, it was it was fun. You know, when you get to see and you had no idea, right? No. Like you would never have known that before. No, I never would have known that. Um, and also, I was recently contacted by. Uh, to apply for a Food Network cooking competition show. So that, yeah, that opportunity came out of it. And I think that, um, I mean, for me, unfortunately, the timing of the show and things going on personally, it didn't work out. But that's something I'd still like to do eventually. And these kind of opportunities, I think, came about because I, you know, I put myself out there with contests and then that turned into blogging. And um you know, if you are a blogger getting started or even somebody who is up and running um, and this sounds like fun, like it's not just that you can win prizes and become a better recipe developer. It's like lots of fun (laughs) in so many ways. Yes, I can hear it just through your talking. It comes through and what you're saying that you do find it really fun and I can see it being kind of um, addicting. I would totally get addicted and like, ooh, just get a little adrenaline rush or a high from it almost. You do. That's exactly it. <laughs> and and um, I think even, you know, I get the same kind of feeling when I get contacted by the PR company about um, doing a recipe for a brand. I get that excitement, that that rush. And, and it was the same with, um, you know, winning a contest. So if you if you like that feeling, then this is for you. Right. And I just want to touch really quick on one thing you just said a little bit ago about the opportunities. And that is something that we don't give enough attention to. I feel like um, we tend to say, well, okay, if you're not going to give me or not, I shouldn't frame it like that. If I'm not going to earn this amount of money doing Project X, then I'm out But we need to um, sometimes just look beyond the money and think about the fact that there might be an opportunity floating around that's kind of tied to that project, you know, and you just never know, like your thing with Florida and the Food Network casting call, like those sorts of things are just waiting for us to um, take hold of them. And we don't know that they're there unless we do these little opportunities that kind of call to our souls, you know, that call us in. We don't really know why they're pulling us in. So if you feel that pull to do something like this and you're not sure why, maybe there's an, a, another opportunity just waiting for you. I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah, I think so. And and there was a couple of cookbook opportunities as well that came out of it. They didn't, you know, one of 
one, it wasn't the exact right fit for my brand, and the other was timing again, right, and deadlines. Um, but I don't know that I would have had that opportunity either without having been doing the cooking competitions. Like, the blog is one thing, and it does um, give you recognition, but I think the, the cooking contests really, really help. They help build the credibility. Great information, Terry. This was so fun. Yeah. Thank you so much for bringing this topic to the table. Good. Before you go, do you have either a favorite quote or words of inspiration to share with food bloggers? I would say <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of Anthony Bourdain. Um, may he rest in peace. And um, he, he said, your body is not a temple. It's an amusement park. Enjoy the ride. And that's one of my favorite quotes because... Uh, for me, it really um, encapsulates not only my life, but my blog. I try to eat healthy most of the time, but I enjoy things in moderation, and I have fun with it. And that's why I love that quote. Mm, that's a great one. Love that so much. We will put together a show notes page for you, Terry. So if anyone wants to go look at those, you can go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash food meandering. So go check that out. Also go, go check out Terry and her blog. And where else can we find you online, Terry? Um, I am on Instagram at food meanderings as well and Facebook and uh, Pinterest. So all of the regular social channels. Thanks again, Terry, for being here. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you next time. Thank you. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.